the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Happy Hump Day to you. It's George Brockler on the George Show 710KNUS. Uh, cannot believe that we are already halfway through the first week of January. It's the third, folks. Uh, Going to be doing the show today with the help of Big James behind the glasses. You know, Billy has fled to the use-or-lose portion of his leave for uh, the remaining period of time that he has to burn through it. So we'll we'll be back together again next Monday. Until that time, it'll be James and then G. G on Thursday? Tomorrow? Who's Friday? And then James again. Talk about drawing the short straw. Jeez. Uh, but that means no Thorpe report, no you choose the news. We're going to make do with something else. There are things in the news, as you know, I'm a history guy. I love to talk about stuff that took place in history and put it in perspective. Uh, today, Princeton in the news. No, not the school. But in 1777, George Washington kicked the crap out of the British forces at the Battle of Princeton, New Jersey. Booyah! Just a mere 200 years to the day later, two guys got together out of their garage and incorporated a company named after a fruit. Steve Wozniak and Steve Jobs incorporated Apple Computer. And don't you wish you had known these guys back then? And had some sense of where this was going and say, yeah, I'll invest. Here's a thousand bucks. You'd be a quadrillionaire right now. You wouldn't even need to have married Jeff Bezos for that kind of money. Uh, Also, uh, today in film and TV, uh, for those of you listening, many of you are going to remember the name Casey Kasem. On this day in 2004, I can't believe it's 20 years ago, he turned over the reins for American Top 40 to a guy named Ryan Seacrest. What? And in 1987, man, I was in high school at the time, Aretha Franklin became the first female artist to be inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. If I were better prepared, I would have some, uh, you know, music teed up for that. Also on this day, celebrating a birthday if he were still alive and hadn't been dead for the last 51 years, a guy named J.R.R. Tolkien, he wrote some books about Middle Earth and stuff like that. And Cicero. And of course, I left out the biggest one of all, Greta Thunberg. I'm kidding. Uh, she's 21 now. Legal to drink here in America. Many of you have asked, has she been drunk all this time? I don't know the answer, but I would speculate based on the way she's been doing stuff. Yes, uh, absolutely, she has been. Now, also in the news today, it just happened yesterday, uh, I think since we were on the radio, you may recall. The fallout from the House committee hearing in which Elise Stefanik, Republican from Staten Island, questioned three of America's most elite universities, their presidents, about whether or not demanding the genocide of Jews on campus was violative of their conduct policies and potentially harassment. Uh, That first one, McGill, I can't remember her first name. McGill, uh, turns out uh, she gave the wrong answer and she was forced to resign as president 
of Penn. That's a big one. That's actually Trump's alma mater. If you'll recall, Wharton School of Business is right there as part of the University of Pennsylvania. Uh, Then yesterday, another shoe dropped. It was Claudine Gay. She had this to say in part. Our university embraces a commitment to free expression. That commitment extends even to views that many of us find objectionable, even outrageous. We do not punish or sanction people for expressing such views. But that is a far cry for endorsing them. It's in the exercise of our freedom to speak that we reveal our characters and we reveal the character of our institution. We can issue public pronouncements declaring the rightness of our own points of view and vilify those who disagree. Or we can choose to talk and to listen with care and humility, to seek deeper understanding and to meet one another with compassion. We can inflame an already volatile situation on our campus or we can focus our attention where it belongs, on the unfolding tragedy thousands of miles away. We can ask ourselves how, as human beings, we can be helpful to people who are desperately trying to protect themselves and their families, people who are fighting to survive. How we go forward as a community is up to each of us. I've spent most of my career at this institution. I have seen the people of Harvard come together despite their differences. I know that we are capable of meeting this moment and meeting one another with grace. Uh, Yeah, if you spit up in your mouth, you're just like me. Uh, That was a ridiculous amount of vomitus, not covering at all what happened. Now, in the aftermath of this... And uh, I sample a whole bunch of podcasts, a bunch of different news outlets, as many of you do. Uh, Of course, not all of them conservative because some of the funniest stuff comes from the other places. I was listening to uh, Meet the Press. And part of, by the way, the Meet the Press one is important. And we'll talk about this in the in the eight o'clock hour was they had on Mayor Mike Johnston, who we're going to have on the show here again. I don't know when Billy said it was supposed to be city still trying to hear back from his people. Super difficult. I imagine they're in a tough spot right now, and we'll talk about that and why that's true. But they had on people to debate this issue of Claudine Gay um, resigning. And as you can imagine with NBC, the folks they have on board were there to say that this was the product of racism and sexism, in part, that that led to this. Now, remember, Claudine Gay is the first African-American to ever helm Harvard in its 380-plus-year history. She's also now the shortest-serving president in that same history. Six months she was there. Now, she was controversial when she was put there, but not at this level. And the other thing I've heard is that it's sexist. She's only the second woman to ever helm Harvard University. This is the typical response from a left who got caught with its pants down here. We have, and if you listen to some of the other clips, I just heard Hugh Hewitt before me talking about this with someone, the tortured definition of plagiarism being employed by folks who want to say that it's not like she claimed credit for the work of others. She just engaged in loose citations. 
the definition of loose citations when it comes to Claudine Gay is no citations. She didn't cite anyone else's work. If you don't cite to their work and you publish it under your name, guess what you've done? You've claimed it as your own. That's just how it works. I I presume, too, that this is something that has taken place at Harvard before, intentionally and unintentionally, and they have dealt with it seriously. I wonder how many undergrads or grad students are out there who have been academically disciplined or dismissed as a result of what they're accused of in terms of plagiarism. That's what's going on here. In fact, it's not racist to have held her to that standard. It would have been racist to not hold her to that standard. It would have been that soft racism of low expectations to try to justify as Harvard did what she did. And then you remember what they were going to do? They were going to let her go back in time and now add citations where she hadn't put them before. Is that all it takes? What other crimes would people love to have access to go back in time and fix it? Every shoplifter, every thief once caught would love to be able to go, that's okay, I'll pay for it now. You got me in the parking lot, hopping into my car to drive away. Did I forget to pay? I will be happy to pay for that if you'll just let me go. All embezzlement. I mean, come on, man. All of that would be the same. Oh, I'll repay it. Now that you've caught me, I'll repay it, and then we'll make it right. Someone texted in here. What is Scott Tipton's take on plagiarism being corrected? I'm sure that's a great question for those of you that don't remember. Scott Tipton was the front runner by double digits in polling against John Hickenlooper back in 2010. Was going to crush him. I mean, Hickenlooper was getting drubbed. And then some unhappy folks that had contracted with Scott Tipton for a paper on water in Colorado um, exploited the fact that he, too, had failed to cite some things in this water paper that he'd had someone else write, kind of like subcontracted with them. It turned into a big plagiarism scandal. He tanked and then lost at the assembly to a guy named Dan Mays. Do you remember that? And then Dan Mays ends up becoming the guy that the Republicans say, we'd love to, we'd love to have you as our front runner and our standard bearer. And then it turns out that he wasn't guilty of plagiarism. Dan Mays was guilty of inventing a career that never took place out in, I think it was Kansas. He claimed he'd been an undercover police officer in Kansas when, in fact, I think he'd driven a desk for a couple months there. They didn't even remember him. The the other piece of this thing was, uh, then you'll remember that, Dan Mays won't step down and leave the race. And so Tommy T, Tom Tancredo, jumped into the race as part of the American Constitution Party. And combined, they almost drove the Republican Party into minority party status as Hickenlooper ran away with this. If you were looking for our last best opportunity to take back the governorship, it was then in 2010. And then uh, and then, of course, we didn't because of that. Um, it says. Whose work are you plagiarizing? That was Scott McGinnis. Yeah, yeah, I know it was Scott McGinnis. The texter said Scott T- Scott Tipton's. I I presume they were talking about Scott McGinnis as well. That was Scott McGinnis. <laughs> Thank you, texter, for correcting me there. Um, here's now this is an interesting one. It's a little off topic here, but there's a fella out there who's super bitter about something, and I can't. I I don't know if he's listening right now or not. He says he won't call in because we don't take calls from... He says, uh, take calls from your pre-screen sync offense who agree with your ideas. 
for anybody that's called in here, you know that as long as you tell Billy, or in this case, James, what you want to talk about, and it's on our topic, you get on. In fact, I prefer the ones where folks don't agree. So I'm not sure what Mr. Bitterman here has going on, but this was a guy who had previously said, I know you're not a conservative. And I said, oh, okay, well, I am a lifetime conservative. Give me one position I've taken that is not conservative. And then there was a, I mean, a series of texts. I mean, curse words, profanity, calling me Georgie, all this other stuff. And I listen to people that care about freedom and all this other stuff. Um, it, it sounds like this guy may be unhinged. And if he hadn't already been arrested, I would think this guy was about to go to the Supreme Court and try to set it on fire and shoot at the cops. But what do I know? Uh, here's another one. Dan Mays tipped off his girlfriend that the LEOs were investigating her family. Oh, my God. I didn't remember that. And then, yes, McGinnis waiting for the coffee to pour. So thank you, Texers, for keeping me honest on that thing. But that's where we're at with Claudine Gay. But it, it's it's not just national that we're hearing this. And I think I've grown pretty weary of this. And I'm interested to know what your thoughts are on it at 303-696-1971. And you too, Mr. Hater Pants. If you want to call in, you call in. We'll put you on the radio. And you can tell all of us right here what conservative position I don't have or what position I have that isn't conservative at 303-696-1971. Happy to have you on. Just let them know you're the uh, you're the guy that was uh, texting in and, and we'll put you on. There's yet another um, story, though, where race is being suggested as the reason for it. State Representative Elizabeth Epps, you can find this story uh, at the Denver Gazette. She claims she has been expelled from her Capitol office. She's gone on to um, X, her social media platform of choice, and she sent out this uh, tweet that says, here's what it says. It hurts what Dems plus Speaker of the House are doing to me because I won't be silent or complicit. Expelled me from Judiciary Committee, now from my physical, not elected office. Yet it's right in line with bipartisan establishment. Listen to this again. Yet it's right in line with what bipartisan establishment is doing to other black women. And she used this um, text to send along Harvard President Claudine Gay will reportedly resign Tuesday afternoon. So here's where we're at, folks. No shocker to anybody on the right that the race card continues to be thrown out um, for an excuse for every single time something negative happens to someone of color on the left. If you are a black woman and something bad happens to you, there's a great chance that it's not you. You didn't do anything wrong. It's not the positions you've taken. It's not your unpopularity with your own party. It's because you're a black woman. If you're Claudine Gay, it's not because you took a gong show-like position on a very slam-dunk question about whether or not asking for the genocide of Jews violates some sort of student conduct or expression policy or plagiarism. It isn't that. It's because you're a black woman, and that's what people are saying. Now, when have we had enough of this? When do we say enough is enough? 303-696-1971. I've grown uh, pretty weary of the approach that has been taken here by so many. Um, here are some of the responses. So unjust and very short-sighted. This is to Elizabeth Epps. Sorry you're going through this. And here's Epps. Thank you for the warmth. It is unjust and also remarkably uncreative. Same playbook, same tactics. I'm okay and I'm going to be okay. Doing no part 
to the lobe, and I think she meant love, from folks like you. You have my love back. The next response was, you should quit. (laughs) Here's the truth, though, of what happened. Freshman legislators, of which Epps was one last year, do not get offices inside the Capitol. It's an incredible rarity because they have limited amount of space. Usually they get offices out at the annex building, the state executive building or whatever the hell it's called. Um, The state services building. That's what it is. Uh, Just on the other side of Colfax across the street from the Capitol. That's just what happens. But last year, according to the Denver Gazette piece, four first year House Democrats, including Epps, were able to get offices inside the Capitol due to special requests. And so here's a representative from Aurora saying, listen, in preparation for the 2024 session, um, she and Brianna Titone, I'm not even sure if that's how you pronounce it, from Arvada, both Democrats, both in charge, reassigned several members, including Epps. Quote, we've been thoughtful and methodical in how we sign offices. Offices are usually assigned by seniority, and it isn't personal. And yet the immediate response from a lefty, big-time cop-hating lefty uh, woman of color uh, is, well, this is because I'm black. This is because I'm a black woman, just like Claudine Gay. How tired are you of that argument? In fact, if there is real racism at play in any of these cases, it has yet to be revealed. There is legitimate racism that still exists. I'm certain of it. Uh, We don't really get to see it too much. But when it happens, this kind of thing, this kind of thing cheapens it and makes us say this is the Epps that cried wolf, right? This is the Claudine Gay that cried wolf. And all the other people that are coming to their quote-unquote rescue by suggesting that they're a victim of racism. Here's some texts. George, turning Claudine Gay into a victim of racism and misogyny is another example of the Dem Party to relieve their ilk of any responsibility of committing wrongs. This is pervasive in our country today, especially the criminal justice system. Another text, there is a reason why you hire people based on their character and skills versus because they check a box or more. Of course, the left is saying the Harvard president replacement must be a black woman. Wait, they also can't define a woman. That is so funny. I miss that, Alexa. Did they say that? Did they say they're going to replace her with a black woman? Did they go full Biden with Katanji Brown Jackson and say, I'm only going to have this specific demographic fill this very important role? You got to be kidding me, man. Here's another one. Claudine Gay is not African-American. Her parents were... Haitian. Well, what a brilliant point to make. It's now, by the way, I feel like a moron because I saw this same thing take place in Europe with an American interviewer of someone who was interviewing somebody from England and referenced them as African-American because that's what we've been conditioned to think all black people are. And uh, the person corrected and they're like, I'm not from America, man. And she was like, totally stunned. Now I'm that guy. I've become that guy. Her parents were Haitian. I guess black American. Here's another. How tarnished is a Harvard degree? Um, it's a good question. You know, I've had conversations with people over the last couple days, actually really since this thing has happened, that asked the broader question, and there was another article in the Gazette about this, and that is how valuable is a college degree anymore? 
How important is it now to try to go to one of these elite institutions? Even if you're convinced you need to get a higher education, you're, you're convinced you need to get a degree, an associate's degree, a bachelor's. Do you want to go to elite institution? I mean, Harvard opens doors. There's no doubt about it because of their little cult and all that stuff. But are they waning in influence? Is this part of it? I, I don't know. I don't know if this taints this or not. I just think it's incredibly embarrassing and unjustifiable that someone who is the president of this institution could engage in plagiarism and then have people run to her defense to say, no, it's not plagiarism, it's loose citations, and then say, please go back and correct it, no harm, no foul. That's offensive. Where else do we do that? 303-696-1971. Neil from Wheat Ridge, you're on 710 KNUS. Neil, what do you think? Happy New Year, George. Hey, my man. Hey, uh, the whole thing is ridiculous. The issue is integrity. Everybody wants to spout off about racism, but nobody wants to call into question the whole issue of where is your standard? Where are your, where is your integrity in the things you do? Nobody wants to use that anymore. It seems like the the intangibles in life have no bearing, and you just want to scream the cultural answer to everything. I should say anti-cultural answer to everything. Yeah, man, when you hear stuff like this, is this eye roll time for you? And then to have Elizabeth Epps pile on like, oh, what's happening to me too? Claudine Gay's out as Harvard president. I'm out of my special office under the gold dome because I'm a black woman. Well, yeah, and I mean, if it were a guy, I, I, saw, on, I saw on Twitter, that I don't know his name, but the person that's been put into place as the interim um, president, president right now. Yeah. You know, they're saying, well, because he's a male, he got the job. I'm sorry, he's interim. And he's not been accused of any kind of plagiarism. Plagiarism is still a thing. It's it's not supposed to be something you just sweep under the rug simply because of the color of your skin or your sex. If I were there and I had been uh, uh, doing something of that nature, you know, not citing references, whatever you want to call it, I wouldn't have been allowed to stay in the position. It had nothing to do with it. I'm a white male. But then there'd be somebody screaming white entitlement and all that. Yeah, I think that's probably true, too. I did not realize. Now, Alexa sent this, and she's about as well-researched on this current event stuff as anybody that we've got here, says that Harvard is going to restrict their search to another black woman to appease, of course, the lefties, to appease the lefties on this thing. Well, it's like everything else in our society. We have to appease people. We can't, again, go basis on the merits, what they've accomplished, who they are in the work they've done. It has to be based upon, well, you know, uh, it's a black woman. The VP we currently have was selected because she was a black woman. Is there there anything that could be more racist, Neil? than that is there anything that could be more racist than simply saying i'm only going to search for a fill in the box kind of a person like a black and a woman boom that's sexist too yeah and and you're called and then you're called other things if you disagree with that aspect of it you know but they're all the, the left is all about insults the left is all about feelings it's not about anything to do with What's been accomplished, merit, integrity, things that used to matter considerably. Yeah, the, do you have a different view of these Ivy League institutions as a result of this? 
Well, yeah, I mean, I think they've been going downhill for years when it comes to selecting someone, graduating someone, even accepting someone into their hollowed halls unless they fit a certain diametric. And and that, that diametric, if you're not, as you put it, checking the boxes of such and such and such, well, you know, we we have to have space for this. And, it, and it's coming through in the outcome, you know, garbage in, garbage out. I'm not calling blacks garbage, but you know what I mean. We've changed the parameters. We've changed the parameters from what used to matter to what is societal appeasement. No, we, we, if you're looking for racism, man, it's in this kind of approach. It's what Joe Biden did, right? When President yeah. Biden says, I have an opening on the Supreme Court, I am only going to select from black women. And we talked about this way back when it happened. That is racist. That is sexist. Yeah, is. And you simply cannot cure racism and sexism by engaging in it, by embracing it and saying, this is how we end it, is we engage in it. It's, it's just utter nonsense. I wonder what MLK would do. I mean, we're going to celebrate him here um, two weeks from this past Monday, right? A week from Monday. I wonder what this guy would think about all this nonsense, that that blacks are really being targeted. I mean, remember, too, that um, Epps, Elizabeth Epps, who's crazy lady, crazy lady, and also a Jew hater and an Israel hater. Like, she is all in for Hamas all day long. She and Timmy Hernandez probably put on their um, Hamas heart T-shirts all the time and dance around the Capitol. However... She uh, she says, I'm being picked on because I'm black and I'm a woman. And yet when she was removed from the very uh, prestigious House Judiciary Committee, she got removed at the same time as a white dude from Highlands Ranch. Uh, that guy, Crazy Bob Marshall. And it's like, well, how do you justify that? How do you explain those kinds of things? And yet here we are trapped in yet another moment in time where we're told that it was racist to hold her to the to her being Epps. Or, or Claudine Gay to the same standard you and I would have been held to, and now we're going to fill in her spot in order to appease the race people. We're going to make sure that we only pursue black women. I hope that's not true. I don't know. Maybe if Alexa finds that, she'll shoot me the link. I hope that's not true. That would be extremely disappointing. Well, yeah, and I, again, I think it comes back to just the simplest of standards, strength of character, character. You know, we used to teach that character matters. Well, people, young people are seeing that character doesn't matter, and it, it's starting to infiltrate their own lives and how they think. Groupthink is more important than what a person does, what they've accomplished, what they stand for, than, than in, as individuals. It, it, unless you agree with me, unless you are willing to uh, go the direction I'm going, it. it it's, it doesn't matter. Neil, thanks for the phone call, my man. Have a great new year. Thanks for getting us started. Neil's line is open at 303-696-1971. We're going to cut away for a break. Let me tell you what's coming up in the rest of the show. 7 o'clock hour, we're going to have Art Acevedo. He's the chief of police for the second largest police department in the state of Colorado. That's the Aurora Police Department. In the 8 o'clock hour, super investigative reporter Tony Kovaleski from Channel 7 did a pretty big story out there. We're going to talk about it involving this migrant crisis that has befallen us. Hell, we may even talk a little bit about that here in the next segment. And then in the 9 o'clock hour, Vince Bizdeck, he's one of the big wigs out there at the Gazette. And he had, if you want to get yourself ready for it, he had, I thought, a pretty thought-provoking editorial the other day referencing Lincoln's Lyceum speech 
and how it's applicable yet again today and where that leads us. Love to have the conversations with you, whether you're in agreement or disagreement. Texter 303-696-1971. Find the courage. Have the conversation. George Brockler, 710 KNUS. George Brockler, right back with you here, 710-KNUS. Some of the texts that have come in here, George Claudine Gay resigned as president of Harvard, but she's going to be in direct contact with students, and she got demoted to faculty. This is even worse. She should be fired from all teaching responsibilities. I'm interested in that that trend, too. Same thing with McGill out there at Penn. They're no longer president, but they remain employed. It's like, well, you couldn't do the job as the president because of these kind of critical lapses in judgment and in the case of Claudine Gay um, uh, lack of academic integrity but we're going to keep you on as faculty what yeah I don't get it that's a, that's a great question Gino I don't get it um, here's when Neil said character matters but not if your name is Trump right well listen I do think that that's a conversation worth having on the character piece but I'm not sure it's exactly applicable here, I don't think anyone supports or opposes Donald Trump. I hope not just because he's a white dude. I hope it's support or opposition based on who he has been in his public life and how he's conducted. I hope that's the reason for it. Um, here's another. This is a follow-up on the thing about the hater text. are clearly gutless and unable or unwilling, frankly, to call. I uh, heard some callers on KNUS claim that sometimes when they call in, they're not put on air with you, not related to guests being on or lack of time on the clock. Listen, I, I have this little phone device thing here next to me. I see every single call that comes in. It pops up on the screen next to me. Billy screens them. In this case today, James will scream them. Never once has somebody not been put through because they disagree with me. Not a single time. It is usually because they engage with Billy on something where they're unwilling to talk about the topic of the day. Like they want to call in. We're talking about this and they want to call in and talk about stolen elections or some such garbage. And it's like, that's just not our topic of the day. Others, they won't tell him what they want to talk about. So she'll be like, well, I just want to be put on with George. And they're like, he's like, that's not how it works. Tell me what you want to talk about. One, it helps me to let the the hosts know uh, the order to take people and sort of what topic we're going to be touching upon and all this other stuff. They're like, well, I'm not going to tell you. And he's like, well, then you can't be on. You got it. I mean, that that's true for every radio show on the planet. You're looking for screeners, by the way. Rush Limbaugh's screener. You, you couldn't get through there without a million different questions. And he only took a couple. So I'm just saying, listen, you got some beef with me. You got something you disagree with. Let's have the conversation on here. I'm going to treat you with respect. Doesn't mean that you're going to leave here happy. But uh, I'm not going to do some of this weak-ass texting stuff with the name-calling and the profanity and all this other stuff, although I just did it. Here's another. Uh, It says, hey, cuz, the best chance for governor to have a conservative governor was when you ran, then changed, and ran for AG. That being said, the Republican Party of Colorado was not ready for you. The voters were. You indeed are conservative, especially by today's standards, though your red flag stance is not a typical conservative position. Love you because you still spell your name wrong. (laughs) Thanks, Scott, man. I appreciate that thing. And by the way, and I hear this a lot, man, I think the the red flag thing, man, has that been tortured and blown out of proportion. Uh, Anyone who has followed any of the columns that I've written over the past, I don't know, three, four, 
five years knows that I have gone after the uh, existing red flag law. I testified against it. I've thundered away at any of the attempts to expand this thing to include people like teachers and Phil Weiser being able to come after your guns, all that stuff. This all stems from the Zach Parrish law back in 2018 when it was offered up. And the part that nobody ever talks about is I showed up to testify with Dan May from El Paso County about the changes that needed to take place in the law for this thing to be acceptable. Those changes didn't happen. The bill was defeated and that was it. But uh, that's just not what the uh, what the folks here out there. But I appreciate it, Scott, man. That's great. Here's another one. George, I think celebrating the cancellation of Miss Gay is a mistake from some viewers i presume listeners to myers view my view is she erred on the side of caution regarding the first amendment and harvard policy and people seem up in arms about that better to err on the side of caution with the constitution right uh thank you for that text one constitution doesn't apply here Uh, harvard's a private institution they're not governed by the first amendment in any way shape or form same thing with penn same thing with mit and that's why you never heard them say anything other than guidelines consistent with or alongside uh, that they never said compliant with because they're they're not required to be compliant with the First Amendment. That's one big thing. The other thing is a- anyone who has followed Harvard's conduct uh, recently in terms of uh, what they do with student discipline for this, that, and the other knows that freedom of expression is sort of a one-way street. And that one-way street is if they approve of it and like it, it happens. If they don't, you get disciplined for it. So the question that was asked by Elise Stefanik wasn't uh, lay in the weeds, try to catch you with your pants down thing. It was you have codes that that uh, govern behavior. You have safe spaces and the trigger warnings and all these microaggressions and all the other garbage that the progressives have put out there in our lexicon to further erode our ability to communicate candidly with one another, unless, of course, you're a a quote unquote victim. Uh, And her answer was just so sterile and inhuman. I mean, it was just it wasn't erring on the side of caution. It was. Dare I take a position that calls out the Palestinians because that's who the left is in love with right now. You can see it with the fissures that are being created between the Democrats and the Jewish uh, folks out there. And frankly, the uh, uh, Israelis and AIPAC and all these other pro-Israel groups, they are not interested in becoming a partisan issue. They do not want to be seen as being supported by or supportive of just one party over another. That would be horrible for them. They need consistent support all the time, regardless of which party is in power. So they're not looking for this fight either. They don't like it. But they have to wake up every day since October 7th, especially as these voices grow more and more loud, um, and wonder, who are these people? And are they really our friends? They can't denounce calls for genocide of Jews on campus when they would decry it if it was if they called for the genocide of trans students what do you think the response would be well we got to understand the context do you believe that we call for the genocide of blacks what do you think claudine gay would have said had the question been can you call for the genocide of the black race on harvard's campus would that be okay I mean, I I just can't imagine that any of those three clowns would have responded in the same way. But they're scared. They're scared of the mobilized left. And so you get this. So, Texter, I appreciate this, but 
I don't think it's a mistake. I think it just highlights, again, the great hypocrisy that exists uh, with higher education, but also the left wherever it is. I mean, if you look at the news media covering this thing, just the tortured pretzel-like positions they have to take to make this not plagiarism, because plagiarism isn't racism, right? Like, if you get removed for plagiarism, well, that's not racist. That's just a standard. That's a standard independent of race. Well, they can't have it be that. They have to suggest that, well, nobody's ever done this to anyone else. That's a president of, a, of an Ivy League institution. Well, guess what? They should now. Let's go back and scrutinize the living hell out of all the presidents of all the Ivy League institutions. The donors should be doing this anyway. Find out who's engaged in plagiarism and get rid of them. You're not going to hear me say, well, if it's a white guy, no, get rid of them. Let's do it. Because that's what happens to students all the time. You should look at some of the honor code stuff that exists in some of these institutions, public and private, about plagiarism. It is super freaking serious. They take it seriously. They beat you down with it because intellectual integrity and academic integrity are cornerstones of higher education. Otherwise, why engage in the research and the writing if someone else can just come along and rip off your work without attribution? It's craziness. But here we do it and people are like, ooh, I don't know. I don't think this is a good look. She's a black woman. Well, you know what? She should be held to the same standard as everybody else, regardless of gender, if there is one anymore, and, uh, and color. By the way, that reminds me, that uh, reference there to gender, about one other story that I read here. This is craziness. you, you got to hear this. There is, this is um, out of Oregon, a prisoner named Stephen Buchanan murdered two men dismembered their bodies, fed them to pigs, a la Hannibal, if you ever read that book or watched that movie, on a 20-acre farm. He bought the farm in 91. He killed the two handymen in 2012 and 2013. He was sentenced to a minimum of 50 years behind bars in 2015. First off, I don't get how you don't get sentenced to eternity behind bars after you kill and dismember two people and feed them to pigs. This is what the judge said at the time of sentencing. You shot two people and fed them to your pigs. I don't know how else I can put it. You value pigs more than you value people. It may sound harsh, but you're a cold-blooded killer. Why would you even temper those comments with it may sound harsh? Guess what? Dude has now decided he's a woman. And guess where he gets to serve his time? Yep. Coffee Creek Correctional Facility, a woman's prison. They've now put a male dude seemingly with male parts who killed two men in a women's prison to serve out the rest of his time. Folks, we have lost our minds. We have gone bonkers. We'll take more of your calls and your texts when we come back. It's George Brocker, 710 KNUS. George Brockler right back with you here, wrapping up the first of four hours. I'll be with you until 10. Charlie Kirk after that. I still haven't figured out how much time we give Charlie anymore, if it's an hour or two. Followed by DP and then Seb Gorka. And then uh, I used to say we go live and local. We don't anymore. We go to Brandon Tatum from 4 to 7 o'clock. If you haven't had a chance to listen to Brandon, uh, today's the right day to do it, just in the middle of the week. Uh, this topic, by the way, is going nowhere. You know and I know. That as, oh, and this is something that we got here, some, our buddy Alexa, who of course is the brilliant uh, texter, 
Um, oh, my God. This is from the New York Post. Harvard's Claudine Gay set to keep her near $900,000 annual salary despite resigning as university president. Hey, folks, if plagiarism can get you $900,000 a year as the consolation prize, sign me up. I'm uh, feeling itchy about being able to write a book called (laughs) This Was the Shot at Claudine by the Babylon Bee, Larry Potter and the Sorcerer's Rock. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Here's some more of these tweets. The next, this is from Mark Lamont Hill, the next president of Harvard University must, all caps, be a black woman. Why? I, I don't understand that. Just in, black journalist, author, activist, and television personality Mark Lamont Hill, who was fired from CNN after his speech on Israel drew outrage, explodes, all caps, after Gay's resignation, writes, quote, the next president of Harvard University must, all caps, be a black woman. Well, that's it, folks. Uh, we're at the place now where racism is uh, is only bad if it's uh, perpetrated by white people. Otherwise, it's not a big deal at all. Listen, stick around. I think we're going to have a guy named Art Acevedo, chief of police for Aurora, here in studio when we come back. Fingers crossed. Stay tuned to 710 KNUS. My name is George Brocker. This is The George Show. 710 KNUS. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 